We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. NBA Most Valuable Player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes. Chris Middleton. What's up, guys? In case you haven't heard, Blue Wire Studios just dropped their first original podcast, Golden Goal. The show gives you 10-minute episodes all about soccer legends and the moments that made them. Whether you're just learning about soccer for the first time or a die-hard fan of the sport, this podcast is a great listen for everyone. The final two episodes are live right now, or you can binge the entire season to learn about your favorite soccer stars. Check out Blue Wire's Golden Goal, available everywhere, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Speaking of Blue Wire podcast, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire podcast network. I am Ty Windish. I am here, as always, with my co-host, Rohan Kadi, and we are here to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks' first win in a basketball game since March 4th. Today is July 23rd. It's been quite a long time. Rohan, how's it going? I am doing fantastic. We actually got to see live Bucks basketball. I know what day is it today? I'm good at Thursday. Stuff. Thursday. Um, so on Wednesday we saw our first taste of actual basketball. But now that we got to see the Bucks play, we're we're officially back. I I couldn't be better right now. You know, it's funny. I really enjoyed, and I never thought I'd say these words in my life. I really enjoyed Clippers Magic. So did just, I. It was, it was just so fun much to fun. see. Because we but, got to see like a star and Paul George start to go off and it was like, it was good basketball and it was fun and it was live, it was exciting. It was new, it wasn't just old highlights because that's all we've had to use for the last like four months to get any taste of basketball. <laughs> so just just seeing new things that we haven't already seen, it, it was just wonderful. I saw Wes Awundu like have a pretty nice dribble drive and finish. And I just felt things stir inside me I hadn't felt in months. Yes, yeah. one do. Michael Carter Williams was doing stuff, and I was like, "Oh my god, I love this." It was it was amazing because it's for for me at least. I don't know about everyone listening. The only basketball I've gotten the last couple months is two K. Yeah. So uh, it was it was nice to see actual basketball. Yeah, it was less frustrating at least than two K usually is for me. But let's uh, let's get to the good stuff. Let's talk about this. Milwaukee Bucks game. I don't even have the final in front of me. It's a scrimmage preseason game. They they beat the pants off the Spurs. Really starting in the second to half. ninety two. Rohan always. I, thank you so much for being the responsible podcast host. <laughs> a one thirteen ninety two win over the San Antonio Spurs, who of course are without Lamarcus Aldridge and some other people. I think. I I mean I know they are, but whatever. It's not really that important. What is important is the Bucks looked really good, and I think the best way for us to go about covering this game is to kind of just trade off picking things we want to talk about, aspects, whether it's a player, a schematic thing. I've got plenty of both, but, you know, 
as the responsible one, as my my constant fact checker, probably against your will, but you're kind of out of necessity, I will grant you the ability to go first. Hey, hey, we, we make this partnership work. Uh, <laughs> we do. Um, we got we to gotta start off with Giannis, right? Yeah, it's probably a good call. Yeah. So the presumptive two-time MVP, uh, defensive player of the year, right? Uh, we, we maybe. Got s- maybe. Maybe on DPOI, I'm a little. I'm getting a little worried. There's a lot of Gobert news that noise out there, but really? we in our hearts DPOI. I feel like Zach Lowe has been like just hammering. There's no competition here, and I feel yeah. like a lot of people listen to Zach Lowe. It's true. So, did uh, you see me try to get on Low Post today? Did you? I didn't see that. I just said bring me on to talk about West Matthews defense. Everyone's missing it. It's the one thing that even like the hardcore, the Zach Lowe's of the world who will be out here like. No, I'm aware. Like, I remember one time I got in a – it was Zach Lokes. I was like, Michael Carter Williams is shooting like 35% from deep. You said he can't shoot. And Zach is like, no, I'm aware of that, but he doesn't take that many attempts. And based on his, you know, his career and his free throw percentage, I think it's a fluke. I was like, okay, this guy really just is like aware of everything. He's, he's the basketball guy. He is, but not even he has mentioned Wes Matthews. So I'm hoping to at least see like a 10 thing, one of the 10 things about Wes at some point, just because I don't know. I'm just, I'm hoping to put that out in the world. I, I don't want Wes to make all defense second team, but I want him to at least be like the guy who's honorably mentioned in the columns. But I digress. <laughs> I'm stealing from your thing. I'm sorry. Go on. Okay. <laughs> that, that might be the greatest. I don't want him to make second team all defense. Well, I, I do, but I don't, I don't think he mentioned. should. <laughs> Uh, okay so Giannis I feel like we digress away from Giannis a lot this guy we uh before the actual scrimmage I think yesterday and like media notes and stuff I think uh coach Bud said that oh yeah Giannis is gonna play like Giannis and Chris are gonna play a decent amount in the first game and then we'll see what happens in the next two scrimmages uh if they'll even play at all so the one thing we know about Giannis is he will go a hundred percent anytime he's on the court and that includes scrimmage games for the first time in four months. Because <laughs> he immediately started this game just going, like, gung-ho on everyone. Like, the first possession of the game is him drawing a shooting foul and, like, making both free throws. Which is great to see. I saw you tweeted about it. Like, he makes his uh, first two free throws and it's like, okay, we, we're in business here. He, he just seemed like he was everywhere. He was taken... He was taking some threes, which is good. He was missing them, uh, but then he was getting to the rim at ease. He had that dunk that was called back because the refs didn't want to embarrass the Spurs that much. I uh, said that was like the that's how you know the season's really back. A terrible oh yeah. offensive oh yeah. foul we, on Giannis. We're fully back when we're arguing about offensive fouls on Giannis. Who? What did he? Did he finish with five? He I finished think? with five. It was I saw ESPN's Eric Woodyard. Shout out to him. Woodyard, Woodyard, I'm not sure. Um, but it was actually the quickest Giannis has ever gotten to five fouls in a full game. It's like the shortest minutes he's ever played in a game where he reached five fouls. Yeah, he ended he up playing 21 20 and a half. Minutes, 21 and a half minutes, five fouls, which is, which is, I guess, good in the sense that he's, you know, playing and like oh. going hard, I guess. He, he didn't miss a two. He didn't? No, he was one for five from three and nine for 13 from the floor. <laughs> so shot 20% from deep and 100% from, from within the arc, which is, you know, I'm not a math major, but I think that's pretty good for the uh, not missing a single two in your first game back from four months of layoff. Yeah, so he finishes, as you said, with 21 and a half minutes played. But in that amount of time, he managed to drop 22 points, only three rebounds somehow, which is weird for Giannis. Yeah. Uh, and four assists and three steals with two turnovers. Which is just insanity. Like, this is the first game back in four months. Over four months. And you're doing this in 21 and a half minutes? Like, I get the Spurs didn't have Aldridge or Patty Mills or Trey Lyles. Um, but but still, this is an NBA team. You know? Yeah. I and- guess... I guess we're just not used. At least I'm not like in the in the rhythm of things. That it's just like, oh yeah, because I feel like we usually take it for granted when he does this. But it was just wild to see again how dominant he was. He was just doing anything you could possibly want, aside from maybe you know making some more threes. Um, but he he was just driving and dunking at will, getting open layups, uh, feeding off of um, pick and rolls as a screener. 
it was just beautiful. He's making great passes to cutters. It was just, it was wonderful. He has not lost a step. The moment for me, and I love the made three. He doesn't end up going, like I said, one for five. It ended up not being the most encouraging day for Giannis' shooting. He also was only three for eight from free throw after starting two for two. So he ends the game one for six, which very much not ideal. He's got some more work to do there. I did think his shooting form looked better, his three-point shooting form, that is, even though he ends up missing four out of five. Like, I like the way it looks like he's kind of got rid of that hitch. So even if there's a little bit of a a cool streak at first as he gets used to it in game action, if he can get back to, you know, pulling at at the same frequency with the same amount of comfort, I think that is a shooting stroke that will work a lot better for him long term. So that was nice to see. But I think my favorite Giannis moment from this game, I love the callback dunk, but for me, after he misses the two threes early within the first two minutes of this game, I keep thinking four minutes because it was the eight-minute mark, but these are ten-minute quarters for this first scrimmage just to help everybody ease in, which does not help analysts ease in very much, but all the players are probably more important than us. Um, so he misses the two threes, and he gets the ball again, and he has Jakob Pertl guarding him, who I feel like people don't probably don't care about Jakob Pertl. He's not a very flashy player. He's not like doesn't have highlight reels. Well, I mean everyone does now. He doesn't have sincere highlight reels. Um, he went from being a backup on the Raptors to mostly a backup on the Spurs because of the Marcus Aldridge. But all this to say, very good defender, good defensive player, and Giannis like was clearly kind of pissed about missing the two threes. So he just decides like he's just like I'm just gonna score now. He just like does. He just goes drives. Pirtle's not nearly Pirtle's a legit center. He's not nearly strong enough to to move with Giannis. Giannis kind of just goes through him and puts the ball in the basket. And that was that moment where like a couple things clicked. I was like, okay, there might be some rust like with shooting or something. There's no rust. Like physically, he's fine. Like there's no, he's having no problems ramping up to game shape, which I don't think anyone expected Giannis to be rusty. But and second, it just reminds you of like, oh yeah, he is this dominant. He is just like unless you're double-teaming him or have one of, like, four or five guys in the league who can credibly defend him, there's just nothing anyone else can do if he wants to get to the rim. And it was so comforting to see that happen again. It, it was just, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot to see. It was a lot to take in. I don't know, my heart was just, like, my heart felt full. <laughs> you know, you just say all this. It's just, it makes me feel happy to have this all back. Does it? I don't know. I just wanted to take a second to be nostalgic about it. But no, I completely agree with everything you just said. It was, it was, it was just an inspiring performance from Giannis. Obviously, like you said, he has his areas in which he needs to improve. But it was just beautiful. I don't know. Yeah, I would agree. So, should we should we move on to our second to my first pick? I guess it's kind of like our draft. Sure. I feel like I'm. Like, I mean, if we just talked Giannis, and again, I, I think you're, we probably do don't talk enough Giannis, but we made sure to to go into it in this podcast. Got to probably go to Chris next, right? Of course. <laughs> so Chris Middleton's game. Um, at first, I was a little. Eh, he didn't have the greatest start, and his stats aren't super inspiring. He ends up with 16 points. Three rebounds, five assists, two steals. So that, I mean, that part is pretty good. But he's only four for 12 from the field, uh, one for six from deep. So, again, shot a lot better from two than from three. But the Bucks do his win his minutes by a team-high 17. And what I liked from Chris is even despite not starting off hot, he missed a lot of jumpers early before kind of getting in a rhythm, especially in that, that second to third quarter range, especially I think the third quarter for him. He stayed aggressive. He kept attacking both in the Christianis pick and roll that I constantly am screaming about and just in in other plays, you know, uh, just driving to the basket, posting up a little bit, all the the classic Chris stuff. He actually pulled off some some driving layups that I feel like we don't always see from Chris. They look pretty comfortable. Yes. Like he was taking two guys, like one in front of him, one behind him, and he was managing to either draw a foul or score, which is just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, like he looked a lot more comfortable attacking in traffic than we're used to seeing. I would say that's the one thing we have not seen from him. He's had the post-up game forever. Uh, he's been able to pull up from anywhere forever. He's been a great passer, even while driving for a long time. He looked a lot better in like his layups, like attacking the basket in traffic with guys around him. And that's like that's the missing piece for Chris on offense. Like I said, can't think of much else he really can't do. So it was great to see him look comfortable and endure a slow start and just keep 
on attacking. I would honestly probably like to see him shoot even more, but he does get up 12 shots plus 7 free throw attempts. He makes all those. That's pretty good amount of shooting possessions in 21 minutes, but that's that's what I want to see every game. I, I want to see every single game Chris force the issue, and I've talked about this for so long, but it works. I mean, it's like I don't want to leave it up to the fourth and fifth guy to take, you know, five shots in a crucial quarter. It should be Chris and Giannis, if nothing else, setting those guys up. They, the other guys can shoot, but they shouldn't be, like, making the shots, creating all the shots. So, for me, it was just great to see the aggressiveness. And even though the the total game efficiency was not there yet, I don't really care. I mean, it's the first game. I'm not too worried about that. It's just one game. But from what I saw from how he was playing, I felt very encouraged. Yeah, I especially liked his aggressiveness because one thing that you really, one thing that Chris could really improve upon is his like free throw attempts, right? He's yeah. averaging like what three three point six attempts like this regular season. He like when you say he has seven free throw attempts in a game, that's just that's great because like you said, he can pull up from anywhere. He can make any shot in which he needs to, you know, like take a jumper. But if he can get to the rim at ease, ease like as well. That just opens up everything even more, especially in like the non-Giannis minutes. I know him and Giannis don't really play a lot of minutes uh, apart from each other, um, which is cute. But uh, I don't know why I said that. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it just it just helps everything, like the spacing, even more for himself if he's able to get to the rim easier. Because here, do you want to just should we go into the Giannis Chris pick and roll a little bit? Yeah, let's do it as its own thing. I thought we were, I thought it was just going to be swept up in Chris, but I'm fine with doing it this way. We can, you know we me. can keep it in Chris. Like we we see, we've hammered this point, especially you, uh, about how this play is essentially unguardable, right? Yeah. Uh, so we saw it run at a pretty high frequency in this game. Like, how many times do we see it? Like, at least six times, five or six. I would times? say yeah, at least. I think the. F- First, and I might have missed one early. I had some spotty uh, connection early on, but the first me- really memorable one was they closed the, I think first quarter. First quarter. Yep. Yeah, they closed the first quarter with it, and very intentionally, like Chris held the ball by the the, the out of bounds line and just waited until there was nine Giannis seconds set, left like, and they ran three screens. When yeah, Giannis just got like <laughs> you can tell they're not used to like they're used to running it by now, but they're not entirely used to like. This idea of like we'll just hold the ball and then run it with eight seconds left, like so many other teams do with like a, a go-to pick and roll. They're so used to not they're not they're so not used to that setup, that idea. They honest kept going early. There was like twelve seconds, and Chris was like, "Not yet." But yeah, that possession like it didn't. What did it? It ended with a wide open Chris Middleton three. If yeah, I remember, he, uh, he missed he, the shot. He missed a, a great step back look. Like I think they. How did how did that play sort of run out? So uh, they came and they sort of doubled Giannis off of the roll, and that allowed uh, Chris to kind of step back and have a wide open three. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. you can get a wide open shot every time. So we, that was just one iteration of it. So we saw that first one, like you said, where we get the wide open Chris Middleton top of the key three, which is a great shot. You know, Chris Middleton yeah. shooting a wide open top of the key shot, uh, three pointer. Like, you can't get much better shots than that. However, there is a better shot you can get than that. Which we saw. At least one. Yeah. So we we saw later in the game where we saw, uh, you know, again, the Christianis pick and roll ran. And uh, the defenders realized, oh, okay, well, we can't just sag off of Chris that much. Because otherwise he's just, just going to get a wide open jumper. So they kind of came up on him a little bit. So that just allows <laughs> like a quick little pocket pass to Giannis for a wide open dunk. I love that. That that was a beautiful pass too. It was. It was Chris Middleton underrated passer. I will say yep. that until I die. But you can either live with wide open Chris Middleton jumpers or you can live with Giannis dunks. And that's that's basically all of the possible results from that play. Well, there is one other thing you can do, and I want to get into it quick. Um, but it's it's not a sure bet that it'll work. But while we're talking about sure bets, sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. They basically are back now. Major League Baseball is kicking off tonight as we speak, and there's no better place to talk about wagering, or start wagering, excuse me, than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. You can check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, and this is all available around the clock 24-7. 
On the entertainment side, Floyd Money Mayweather joins the Bet Online team to bring you a brand new segment, The Ice is Right. Floyd talks all about his jewelry and gives you the chance to bet on the cost of his bling to win some, win some great prizes. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. And remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Okay, clumsy segue aside. I, I thought it worked. It was, it was solid. Um, you can send help, right? Like, you can leave somebody else open. And that's why I'm, we're doing a snake draft now. I'm cutting an order and taking a second thing in a row. Well, I guess you kind of used the pick and roll. As, well, who cares? It's a made-up thing. Um, you can leave somebody open. And for a lot of the year, it, besides Eric Bledsoe, who obviously didn't play, is he's back with the Bucks now. And news there. He's with the team. So close to coming back, but he wasn't quite ready for this game. Yeah, he's still in open, the quarantine period. Yeah, he's still in his, in his 48 hours locked in a room. Or just 36? 48, I think. 48, yeah. If, if, if we don't remember, just go listen to our last pod. We knew it then. We might not know it now, but we knew it then. <laughs> um, but Brooke Lopez was a guy to leave open for a lot of this regular season. Well-documented, Brooke was struggling a bit from deep. Uh, he did not do so in the first bubble game. And it was, honestly, like, I found myself, I, everyone knows how I feel about the Chris Giannis pick and roll, about Giannis himself, about Chris himself. I, I already went on a Wes Matthews rant. Like, I clearly have a lot of strong feelings about, about this team as it's constructed. They're almost all good. I could not stop myself from constantly remarking about Brooke Lopez and how great he looked in this game. What well, we joked before, you weren't going to tell me what your third pick was going to be. Was it going to be Brooke Lopez? Yes, it was. <laughs> okay, so it worked out that way. Um, but Brooke ends up with 17 points, just four rebounds. Although I thought, as, as a whole, I liked the way Milwaukee rebounded the ball today. Uh, one assist, two steals, two blocks, six for seven from the field. And his only miss was a two because he goes three for three from deep. We talk so much about Disney Lopez brothers. Disney Brooke might be real, man. It looks to be real. We were we were joking about him going 100% from three, but he is so far. <laughs> He's Disney. perfect. Yeah. I guess the regression to the mean and that, all math stuff, but... I don't know. Just there was nowhere to go but up with Brooke Lopez's three point shooting. I mean, realistically, yeah, uh, with his three point shooting. Uh, and it was great to see that he actually is finding the mark again. Because that's just when you get like, obviously he has the gravity right as a three point shooter. But when you actually make the shots, it's even better. Shoot, it's even better. It helps. Like, like the spacing is theoretically great for Giannis. Like, sure, that works. But if you're actually making the shots where Giannis is passing out of them, that's fantastic. You can't ask for much more than that. Um, no, you can't. And I, my other thing with Brooke, he looks spry. He does. He looks. He looks. He looks happy to be in Disney. Yes. He just he looked, I think, the most athletic probably as he's been a buck. I mean, I thought he looked a little quicker than usual. He was making, he was getting some balls I didn't expect him to be able to block. I mean, he always goes for a ton and misses some. But his range on defense seemed as good as it's ever been, and that's saying something. I thought it was super impressive. He gets the two steals to go along with the two blocks. I mean, like, he was getting in, he was getting in guys' dribbles, like DeMar DeRozan guys, not just, like, big guys dribbling. Like, he saw somebody dribbling in traffic, and he's like, I'm just going to go knock that out of there. Like, he was, the whole team, I thought, more than I expected, looked really ready to play. But Brooke especially, I was just watching him, like, I tweeted this, and we can talk about it if you like. He might be the no-doubt third guy on this team. Yeah, I think at this rate, you have to almost expect him to be because you don't necessarily know what you're going to get from Eric Bledsoe, especially us, like uh, considering he is in Orlando. Uh, it seems like he's in good health, which is fantastic. Yes. Uh, and hopefully we'll be joining the team soon. Uh, but you don't really know what to expect from him uh, coming back, uh, whether he's in great shape. Uh, all those things, whether he's actually going to contribute in like the postseason or not, we've talked ad nauseum about that. Um, <laughs> but if you can get a dependable Brook Lopez like shooting as well as like his post ups, because they there was one possession I can't remember which quarter it was in, um, but he had Demar Derozan on him, I think, and he was just screaming for the ball, yeah. and like the Bucks were hunting to get him the ball, which they is just the- like. Okay. <laughs> they did it twice in a row. Yeah. I freaked out. I tweeted like 12 alarm emojis, the red alert emoji. It's like, they never do that. I mean, they, they did sometimes. They would do it sometimes. But like the first game back 
for them to go out of their way to find that matchup. Like, they didn't just, like, stumble into it. They didn't set it up twice in a quarter. Two direct plays in a row after he was he made the noise about, I have a mismatch, they just got it to him. And he scored both times, and it led to a Spurs timeout. That's the kind of thing, that's the kind of little tweak from the Bucks that we know can make such a big difference for this team. And if you get Brooke Lopez shooting well, defending as, as well as he ever has, He's making his threes, and like they're hunting mismatches with him. I love the honest at and center lineups, fast but too. What, what, I'm sorry, and what? he's fast too. Yes, it's like, like everyone made such a big deal about Marcus and Jokic because like Brook Lopez just doesn't post anywhere and just doesn't make a lot of noise or whatever. Like no one knows what he's up to besides like Disney stuff and Robin. But um, he he the same as those guys. I mean, Jokic is the most dramatic, of course, but. Brooke looks great as well. It's just, it's, I don't know. I'm so happy about the way everyone on the team looked, but Brooke especially leapt out at me as like, forget trying to figure out the best Giannis at center lineups. We can still do that, but let's figure out how to make the most of this guy as much as possible because he's really good, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jokic is a point guard now because Denver, uh, Mike, <laughs> Mike Malone has just completely just leaned in to just, that was an amazing starting lineup. for the Bull, Nug- baby. Bull, bull. He's, he's a Hall of Famer already. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, if we can get, like, is this, this could be like peak Brooke Lopez, especially because oh, yeah, he's I like so. old now, which is just wild. Like the Brooke I, Lopez career arc could not be any more interesting. Just going he, from like uh, offensive uh, all-star, defensive liability, uh, never shoots threes to like shooting threes and then becoming like a DPOI candidate and his offense is back and that's all progressing as he ages like that's that's wild of a career it's awesome I love I honestly I love when careers progress in weird ways like that I'm such a big fan of it because it just shows like you have to be so dedicated to the game of basketball and your craft to go from being like a, I don't, I always mess up what he averaged, but like 18 and 10 or whatever guy, like a, a known good starter to completely change your game, like completely change it to adapt and give up so many of your counting stats. I mean, we both know on a bad team or a different team, he could get a lot more points and rebounds every single night and win less games. That's the kind of sacrifice. It's hard to do that, man. It's hard to dedicate yourself to changing your game to a way where I think Brooke is probably pretty aware. I mean, he's he's getting you know less counting stats, and a lot of people, that's all they look at is the counting stats. But I think he's well aware that he's in a better position to win basketball games, and he's in a better position to really stick around the league longer and not you know end up like either a bench-only offense guy, which is probably the best case for a strictly post-up guy without any sort of a three who's not a very good defender, or, like, you're in Germany. Like, those no, are really the options. you're not even a bench score. You're out of the league. <laughs> well, this Montrez Harrell. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't consider... Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, <laughs> that's getting into something Regardless. interesting. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, do you see Montrez Harrell thinks he's Dennis Rodman? Yeah, which, you know, people are saying that's a terrible comp, but since Dennis Rodman was, like, absolutely nuts, maybe it's a great comp. Because <laughs> he'd have to be nuts to think he's Dennis Rodman, but to be Dennis Rodman, you have to be nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of I kind of see the vision. Yeah, I, I guess when you put it that way. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, just seeing uh, Brooke Lopez succeed, go just three of three from three just makes me happy when I see it on the box score right now. Um, we also had uh, Robin Lopez, one of three from three, which is you know, which is good for Robin Lopez. Uh, we, the the dish to it was beautiful. It was amazing. It looked like that. Uh, it was. It actually exactly looked like that. Giannis assist like two seasons ago to Tony Snell against Philadelphia. Yes, uh, that's Bucks Twitter as well. Because it might have been Eric Name somebody tweeted about it right away. It's like the Tony Snell pass. Yeah, and I was like, my goodness, we all are just like locked into this. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even see that tweet. Um, but yeah, it you just like behind the head. Like he knows Robin Lopez is there, like or at least he knows someone's there. Um, because he had nowhere to go with the ball. So he's like, okay, let me flip it to a guy where I know. It seemed like he hung in the air for like 10 seconds. Giannis uh, is an alien, he man. Is. He is. He's an absolute <laughs> alien. Uh, he, he, he's an alien that plays basketball for the Milwaukee Bucks somehow. Uh, we're glad to have him. We are very glad to have him. Please stay honest. Um, 
uh we you you've heard our pitches um yeah i was gonna say he's, he's heard the pitches he's not going anywhere yeah so okay are we, have we have we finished our brooke lopez talk yeah it's your, your pick to talk I, I took two in a row so you could probably take like five honestly i'm just excited to talk about any bucks at this point honestly i don't have like uh i don't want to talk about a specific player right now i want to talk about how well the team necessarily like played basketball like their bench unit like when yeah. you had the full bench unit in like dante sterling brown uh marvin williams ursan like robin lopez they were just hoping i know that's cliche <laughs> but they didn't seem like anyone was missing a step like in terms of like okay this is where we're i'm supposed to be this is where like um this person is going to be if i pass it here you know, it just, like, it didn't seem like there were many mental mistakes. Like, I was, ex- we were texting about this during the game. I was expecting to see, like, some rust, you know? Like, it's the first scrimmage after four months. But everyone was, like, making the right pass, like, cutting, like, you know, reading off of each other. And it, it was, I don't know, I was just shocked. Like, you, yeah. you see this team, they they have 12 turnovers. The Spurs Ooh. had 22. Ooh. Like, what a stat! Like they just—they didn't turn the ball over that much, and you just—you just—you just saw beautiful basketball. That's how this team like opened up a big lead in like the third quarter, even without like you know Giannis and Chris out there for for a bit. They were just—they were just rolling. Like I know it's the Spurs, I know it's the Spurs. They don't have like some of their best players, but still, like it was just beautiful to see that they hadn't really missed a step. One thing I would love to ask some of the, especially Marv, who I'm sure will do a whole thing about soon. Marv looked great. I would love I to keep ask. I thinking like, Marv Albert. I'm never going to get that out of my head. <laughs> I can't. Uh, no, Marvin Williams is the uh, the Marv. I'm, I'm not Marv from Cheers either for the uh, the older demographic who we appreciate greatly. Um, but Marvin Williams. But I, I wanted to add, like if I was at like a post game scrum or the Zoom sessions or whatever, which I'm not. Bucks PR, if you want to hook me up, please, up. please do. Both of us, yeah, actually. Um, I'd love to ask though, like how much was he was he able to like get a bunch of film and like maybe even like Skype or call with some of the coaching staff because I agree that like I think the new guys looked more fit in than ever. I don't know they got to practice for what like two weeks or whatever since they've been here, not very long. And, I'm sure they haven't had, like, grueling long practices. Most of them have been, like, just, like, from the videos, they look more fun than strategic. But I'm sure, obviously, they don't they don't let you into the, the strategy sessions, of course. But, yeah, it seemed like everybody gelled really well. Everyone knew their place right away. And it was – that's why, like, coming in, I was just nervous for both, like, the physical rust. Like, is somebody going to come in a little chunky? Like, is someone going to – you know, just like randomly be super off because that stuff can happen. I mean, it's a long layup. You just don't know. It's not like I didn't look at this team and like the, the pros on it. And it's full with pros, pros. It's one of the oldest teams in the league. And even the young guys, pretty much all of them who actually play are locked in. Like, it's not like I was specifically concerned about anyone that way. It's just like, you don't know, man. It's been almost four months. Like, who knows how everyone's going to look both schematically and physically. And the the positive part, the Bucks could have lost by 20 if they looked this good on both ends and the Spurs hit 80% of threes or something like that, I would probably feel just as good. The win helps a little bit, don't get me wrong, but it just looked right. And it's it's it sounds like it's oversimplifying it, but it did. It looked like the Milwaukee Bucks. My biggest fear with this bubble is we were going to see, like, it was just going to not look right. It was going to look fake, like knockoff or something. So far in a scrimmage game that is utterly meaningless – I think most of the teams I've watched, the ones that have had their actual players, not Denver or whatever, but like the Bucks what do you mean? and the They're, Clippers. That's their starting lineup. <laughs> I hope so, man. Um, but it, it just it looked like the Bucks, and even without Bledsoe and Pat Connaughton, both of whom will be with the team shortly. Still, though, like the way they played, they were running classic, simple bud screens a lot at the top of the key, especially early. It just looked right, and I I don't know, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was just, it was great. There was one play that really stuck out to me uh, that pre- uh, to prove this point. Uh, I can't remember when it was. Uh, I, NBA Stats doesn't have linked uh, videos <laughs> to their plays for scrimmages. Get on it, NBA. Adam Silver, what the hell? Yeah, I, I don't Rohan know. Rohan needs it. I do. I really do, so I can remember when things happened. Uh, I guess I could scroll through the log. Whatever. It's fine. Um, don't do that. Yeah, yeah just, just guess. So there was a play where I think, I think, 
some Spurs point guard, I can't remember, was like driving through the lane and Dante was on him. He was like, a, he was moving laterally, so he was on his side. He knew that he was going to go for the lob, even though the trailer was behind him. So Dante preemptively jumped to break up a lob when he couldn't even see the roll man. Oh, man, it was... I When I saw that, I was like, what on earth is going on here? We haven't had basketball for four months, and Dante is guessing lobs to his blind side? Like, I, I was like, I, I don't know. Like, how is that possible? Like, if this is the Bucks team we're going to see, they're going to roll to a title. Like... <laughs> Seriously, though, like, it did. Like, it everything just fit right. I mean, there was, like, almost no... Like lapses where you're like, oh, this is rough. Like there was a couple. Like I think I think he actually got a foul. But like there was a a drive earlier where Chris did not look great, and I was like, oh, please keep driving, Chris. Like don't get discouraged. And he didn't, thankfully. Um, but like like you said, there wasn't a lot where like things just shut down for a minute, and they didn't like they they didn't really know what to do. And I mean, the Bucks didn't have any, you know, pandemic break and played and won a lot of games last year and ended up in a lot of situations where they really didn't know what to do. They looked more comfortable in this first game back than they did in some of those finals games. And obviously it goes without saying that the 2019 Raptors are a little bit better than the 2020 Spurs in the bubble, but still like just the comfort level of the Bucks, it was, it was awesome to see. They did what they wanted to do pretty much the entire game, especially after the first quarter, when just really the shots weren't falling, which we've seen the variants play out before. Uh, it was, it was, it's just a great game to take in. Yeah, I think, I think it was James Harden who said uh, this is going to be a race to like see who can uh, rebuild their like chemistry and stuff the fastest. If that's it, then the Bucks just won. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do we take James Harden's perspective on that? That's uh, your opinion, uh, like the <laughs> listener. Um, but <laughs> um, just based on that quote, just like it's it's nice to see that the Bucks already have an advantage over other teams. Like I know as we're speaking, LeBron is like dunking on people, um, <laughs> which is, you know, wild. Um, but is the team going to really play well together? Because also, like, just based on my Twitter timeline, like, uh, Kyle Kuzma is also not giving him the ball and going one-on-three and missing uh, the Kuzma basket. Kuzma is four for 13, 22 minutes into this game. Awesome. <laughs> They're losing to the Mavericks in the fourth quarter. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> Nice job, Lakers. Um, but, yeah, it's just if we can get the Bucks to, like, you know, rebuild their, not obviously we, but if the Bucks can rebuild their chemistry really quickly and hit the ground running, that's just such a great advantage to have over other teams. And we saw, we saw that that's, like, true in this first scrimmage. Oh, my God. Seth Curry has 23 points right now. He has what now? 23 <laughs> points. He's 8 for 8 from the field, 6 for 6 from deep. Yeah, I saw, I saw a tweet just to, on your Lakers point to end it that it was like the three biggest X factors in the playoffs. And one was PJ Tucker. And I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, they really need him. One was Chris Middleton. And I was like, yeah, I agree. He has to be a lot better. And the third one was Kyle Kuzma. And I was like, if the X factors are PJ Tucker, Kyle Kuzma and Chris Middleton, I feel pretty good about being the Bucks. Yep. <laughs> That's the X factor I want out of that group. And PJ Tucker is like solid, but I don't think his upside is that major. But if it's like if you're talking Bucks Lakers, if the guy who's going to swing the series is either Kuzma or Middleton, I feel good. I like I like being in that position. Yeah, I like those odds. <laughs> um, what should we? Uh, it's I'll, you can pick again unless you want me to pick. What should we talk you, about you, next? You can pick. You can pick. Mm, it's tough to do. I almost there's a couple ways I want to go just because. We just had a couple guys just have really fascinating games, but I think my next biggest thing I want to talk about is Marvin Williams getting the backup forward minutes. Mm. The main, like, checking in specifically for Giannis, and at first I was worried. I mean, I, was, I, I, didn't, I didn't hope he was, like, unable to play. I just, you never know if he has a, a day off. But So I first see that happen, and I go, oh, I wonder, like, is Ursan active? Like, did he did Bud give him this game off? But then later, Ursan does check in. Ursan does end up playing 11 minutes, almost 12 minutes in this game, uh, uh, compared to Marvin Williams' Just under 15, so it wasn't a huge difference. But Ersan was in some of the, like, the this game is over lineups as well. Um, but Marvin Williams was the, the main backup forward. And like I mentioned earlier, 
Marv, Marvin Williams, looked awesome. Three for four from the field, one for two from deep. He finally hits a corner three with the Bucks. He adds on two rebounds, one assist, one steal, and one block. Filling up the box score today. And just exactly the guy I was hoping to get. <laughs> the, the buyout market when I said it might be one of the best additions any team is going to make. The Clippers made a couple phenomenal ones too. But it, it's exactly what I wanted, uh, an athletic uh, reserve forward who really knows how to play. He's a veteran. He's reliable. He can knock down, especially those corner threes. And we've there was like a little back and forth. Like, is it going to be Ursan? Is it going to be Marv and that backup? And again, it's just a scrimmage. We have yet to see. But if I recall correctly, toward the end of the year, Marvin Williams was the one getting those he minutes. He was. He was. And he still is. And that to me is like as positive as how he played himself was the fact that Bud still said, "You're the backup guy now." I don't think Urson is going to fully uh, leave the rotation because uh, no. Budenholzer is he, still the coach of the team. Yeah, uh. you can't. <laughs> when you're addicted that hard to something, you can't just kick it within one year. No, you you unfortunately cannot. Uh, addiction is bad. Uh, <laughs> it's true. But yeah, it was just. It's nice to see uh, Marv, you know, getting integrated in the system, like you were saying. One thing, it's really curious. It'd be nice to see Marv with. Giannis? Yeah, more of that would be good. Yeah, I guess it's like that goes that goes to like the if we're playing Giannis at center, like Marv makes sense at the four. Yes. Um, but do we really need Giannis at center? That's a question uh, that we've you know we've been discussing. But if if you can if you can pair Marv and Williams and Giannis, I think that's the best use you can get out of Marv. Obviously, like him as a backup four is great like, for all the reasons you just said. But I think if we want to use like utilize this roster to its fullest potential, I think you have to have like uh, Marv at the four, Giannis at the five. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I think I think it's they, they should use some Giannis at center lineups. My thing with Brooke earlier was like maybe it doesn't have to be the automatic like we will close with this. Maybe it can just be like a change of pace or depending on what the other team is doing, etc. Yeah. I would like to see them try it more in these scrimmage and seeding. I mean, the Bucks have a lot of ways to go. We've talked about this before they play like a truly meaningful game. So they, they certainly have Until time. Until the second round of the playoffs. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, maybe later if the Pacers somehow win in the first round. But Oladipo's uh, looking good. That's good. Sorry, sorry to Pacers fans, which now I'm still offended that Laz Jackson went with the Pacers for his team to come on, Laz. Join the when the Pacers, if the Pacers gonna when the Pacers get eliminated, come join the Bucks. Come root for the Bucks, Laz. But anyway, that they have time. It's not like they had to do it. It's not like they, they we won't see it at all because they didn't bust it out in this one game where they were also without you know a couple guards. But I would like to see like at least get that group some more reps. That that Marv at four, Giannis at five, probably Chris at three. Um, I'd like to see some more of that for sure. You just, you want options. That's always been my thing. Even if now I am back on the bandwagon of like, let's get Brooke out there as much as possible. Cause he's just really good. I'd still want them to be comfortable playing Giannis at the five and, and give both of the low bros a rest. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I don't, it's just, it's nice to see that the bucks really have a lot of options. To go yeah. To. It's, that's, it's, the, the best place to be. Yeah, it's better than the alternative. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we do have some breaking news here on the podcast, though. Oh, do we? Uh, Boban Marjanovic hit a three. <laughs> oh, my goodness. As many as Ben Simmons now are close? I think. Yeah, I think. I think Ben's hit two. Am I wrong? I think, yeah. I think he, I think he hit two. Yeah. But that's that's something that happened. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah. Do, I guess moving on from Marvin Williams, I guess... I don't know really where to go from here. I guess I guess I can always just I can show love for Dante, as always. Um, he only went one out of four from distance, but that one he hit was great. It was just <laughs> off of a screen, just uh, pulled up uh, from three at the top of the key, uh, and he made it. I think he was trying to go for a foul too, which is even better. <laughs> um, but he he seemed really in control of the game. He was the starting point guard for this team, uh, which we. Uh, Assumed would happen in Eric Bledsoe's absence. Felt good about getting that call right. We were pretty insistent, and and we got validated. Yeah, we did. We were proven to be, um, you know, semi-reliable analysts. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but he seemed really in control of the game when he had the ball in his hands, which is something, you know, we 
we always say the cliche about Dante, like, oh, he's a basketball player, right? He always knows how to make the right play. And I feel like that was on display. Uh, we've talked about how he can be a little out of control sometimes. Uh, his defense is good. He has good instincts. Sometimes he can overcommit. But his sense, like his awareness on offense, like that backdoor cut he had, it was just, you know, Ooh, a yeah. nice little easy cut. But he had to realize that there was no help side defender and that Giannis was going to see that right away. And then he got an open layup off a pretty Giannis pocket pass. It was just, it was good basketball that looks easy, but it's, as we know, NBA basketball is not easy. So <laughs> Can confirm. Yeah, uh, us as former NBA players. Um, <laughs> but if, if you can make the game seem easy in your head, especially at a, like as a young uh, player, and I know he's not like a young, young player, but, you know, he's still a developing um, NBA player. So if you can see the game better, especially at a young age, you can build on, like, your foundation even more, which which is good to see as, like, you know, the primary uh, youth for the Bucks, The young guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think Dante, his actual shooting ability definitely has a little bit, a little bit of work to do to catch up with, like, he's kind of an irrational confidence guy right now. Like, he really, really steps into those around-a-screen threes. But I like it, and I, it's like... I, we all, we've talked about like however many guys learning from Corver at this point, but if having Corver around for a year and Corver had like a fine game, I don't think we really need to go into it. He handled the ball a lot more than I probably ever want him to. But it's just it'll remain one of the funniest things in basketball when Kyle Corver is tasked to do anything besides catch and shoot. <laughs> he airballed a couple he jumpers. He looks man. so confused. <laughs> it's just like he doesn't know what to do with his hands, and it's just, it's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, they had him running pick and rolls because obviously no pat, no blood, so they don't want to overtax anybody. So just like Corvey, you also wanted to do this, maybe you're gonna do it now. Um, but he did, he did fairly. He made a couple of a nice passes. We know Corver dimes are a thing. He made a couple of nice passes and reads off screens later. But yeah, when he was trying to drive earlier in the game, it was it was an adventure. But but if if nothing else comes from besides you know the solid veteran couple minutes a game spacing from Corver. If the the most enduring thing about Corver's run with the Bucks is he gets Dante to be a little bit better, like his shot a little bit better coming around those screens, that is like a wildly valuable vet minimum signing. It already is a good value, of course, but like if he can impart some of that on young Dante, get in that that form, teach him how to do carry boulders underwater, whatever the hell Kyle Corver does in the off season, get Dante doing that stuff. Is that a thing? Carrying yeah, boulders thing. underwater? He does wild off-season workout routines to, like, stay in peak shape. And, like, he likes to mix it up and do outdoorsy stuff. Really? I actually haven't read up on that. It's, there was a feature from, like, 2015, and I would absolutely recommend reading I'll try to find it and share it on Twitter. But, yeah, he's, like, I think it's, like, him and his brother. And they just, like, they strap big rocks to it. And then this was one year. I think they changed it up. But they, like, strap rocks to themselves and, like, ran through a waist-deep water or something. That just, that doesn't sound fun. Listen, if you want to be in the NBA at 47 or however old Kyle (laughs) Korver is, you got to do some extreme measures, man. That's fair. I guess if it's a nice view in the water, like oh yeah, it was like we're not talking like Michigan here. Lake Michigan's nice. Sometimes it can be. Some places it has its it has its nice beaches. It has its moments. Yeah. Hey, most people don't even have like a lake, so I'm going to appreciate Lake Michigan. Um. But yeah, Kyle Corver, 47 years old. Um, yeah, yeah, that's wild. I can't imagine that. I I don't know. I don't I don't see how that'd be like. I people people do these weird workout routines. I feel like they make it weird just to be weird. I don't know yeah. what I'm really saying right now. But they like they intentionally make it really stupid to like a normal person. To like I don't know if it's to make them seem cooler or to just switch things up. I don't know. Why are you attacking CrossFit's business model so aggressively <laughs> right now? The CrossFit fam, if it still exists, is absolutely going to come for me. They did it at my high school when I went I there. I was you like, just you guys insulted them even more. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> some some might say, but if you're going to go after anyone, go after Rohan. Yeah, just sure. kidding. Just don't. <laughs> just relax. I'll take just it. don't do CrossFit. <laughs> go run. Like this other way. Whatever. Regardless. We're way <laughs> off track now. Um, it's my turn. Um, the one guy, uh, there's two guys I really want to talk about still. Uh, I will start with the reigning G League MVP, Frank Mason, 
who got a lot of run in the fourth quarter, pretty much the whole thing, like eight seconds away from the whole thing, unless he got a little bit of third quarter. I can't remember. Maybe he did. But in under 10 minutes, Frank puts up 12 points, two assists, one steal, goes two for four from the field, seven for eight from the free throw line. Frank was finding his way to the stripe. He's really good at attacking the basket. He really has been working on that part of his game. It was on display all year in the G League. And his craftiness and savviness was getting him points in this game. It was great to watch after a couple of rocky uh, 10 years with the Bucks during the regular season. Great to watch him find a way to score some points and, and be a positive factor in this game. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was nice to see, uh, you know, obviously, like this is the first time we've seen him play since he was named G League MVP. Yeah. Uh, so it was nice to see him getting like more run with the Bucks. Obviously, we did learn officially that Cam Reynolds will not be joining the team. Uh, for some reason, which hasn't really yeah, been identified. Yeah, I don't really know why. It, you know what's funny? Uh, NBA Stats lists him as an inactive player, which is weird. <laughs> the uh, the G League account was sharing, like, two-way players who are going to be with their team, and they pretty awkwardly had a, a Cam Reynolds graphic right next to the Frank Mason graphic, and some of, some of the people, like the herd folks I talked to, sent it to me, not with the herd, but heard adjacent sense to me like this is kind of awkward huh and i was like yeah it's pretty awkward <laughs> yeah it's it's a little it's a weird situation i don't know if we're ever gonna get the reason why probably eventually i i think uh, the bucks i've been are working on tight it but lift. Ooh, yeah i don't know if i'll get it from the box but uh, not yet i'm working on okay. it it's, i'm not close to it but i'm working on it okay we'll be on the lookout listeners yeah um but yeah so it, it was nice to see Frank Mason. He was he was really he was active, which was good to see. He wasn't like lacking in confidence or anything. Uh, and especially if uh, you know something happens with Eric Bledsoe or Pat Connaughton can't return quickly, you just you need uh, like you know backups. And who better than the G League MVP? You know, he was like looking good in NBA action. It's pretty good for your 16th guy. It's one of those. It's, it's like we said, options are good. Yes, exactly. Options are good. Uh, who's the who's the other guy you wanted to get to? I want to talk about Sterling. Man. Okay. I like the Sterling minutes. Yeah, we haven't really seen a lot of Sterling Brown this season. He's kind of he's kind of fallen off as the season progressed. Um, yeah. Whether that be due to his play or just too many like better options, I guess. But we didn't we haven't seen a lot of Sterling Brown run this season. Uh, his shooting was kind of iffy. Uh, even in this game, he went two for six from the field. But again, you know, we've said this so many times. First scrimmage. After yeah. over four months, everyone's shooting is going to be off. Almost like, unless you're Seth Curry, apparently. Um, or Brooke Lopez. Or Brooke, no, he, he's he's going to stay like that. Um, <laughs> uh, it's Disney Brooke, come on, Ty. True. Um, but yeah, it, like, I guess Sterling Brown, he did, he did play well. He seemed to be taking the right shots. He seemed to be making the right plays. But it just, it wasn't really falling for him. No. He, he, I kind of like the way he's operating off the dribble. He was... A little more thoughtful with the ball in his hands than I think we've seen before. We've seen him charge into some bad situations in the past, and like you said, the shooting wasn't great. But uh, two for uh, no, yeah, he's two for six with three of those misses coming from deep. So I like to see him taking four of his six shots from deep, and one for two within the arc is fine. He doesn't usually get great wide open looks unless he's like got something in transition, um, or he just you know sneaks free like Dante did that one play but um I think he had a nice finish in traffic he does make one of his threes which I love to see fall for him in just under 18 minutes which this very much feels like by the way like Bledsoe and Pat weren't here so he kind of had to play more I don't I don't think we're gonna see with everybody healthy this much Sterling unless there's you know there's always given to be rotational changes based on how guys are playing maybe he'll earn it I don't think I would not pencil him in for this many minutes when everyone is healthy but um, seven points, six rebounds. He actually led the team in rebounds. So shout out to Sterling Brown, who is just like, he's uh, determined. He's a determined basketball player. He's aggressive. He never, yeah, he's gritty. Two assists, no turnovers, which is like. Well, that's a, a no turnover. That's good for Sterling. It is good for Sterling. Like, I just felt like the, there was one time where he, he ran a pick and roll, and I love to get to see Sterling run some pick and rolls. The Bucks just are not a huge pick and roll team in general. They they seem to do it a lot more in this game. I don't know whether that was like they don't have all their personnel and it's just easier to ease back in or if it's something we'll see more of. I kind of hope we see more of it. But he got to run some pick and rolls, and there was one time where he got gets around the screen with some space, 
And this felt like a play where last year Sterling Brown like just charges ahead and goes for the basket. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But the help defense kind of closes, and he kind of pulled it back and like dished it out, and they kept looking for different offense. It's one of those, it's like a very little thing, just one play. But I like to see that. I like to see you know a, a guy, a younger guy in the league, come along a little bit, get a little bit more awareness, you know, get a better feel for the game with the ball in his hands. Sterling Brown is never going to be a primary ball handler. He's never going to be a point guard or anything like that. But if you get a wing, and this is very much like hopefully he's like just watching everything Wes Matthews does, play really good, aggressive, without too much fouling defense, be a dog on defense, grab some rebounds. That's a great added thing to throw in there. Be a 3 and D guy, so hit the threes on offense, but also be able to put the ball down when you get closed out on too hard and make a play happen with that like added bonus space. That's really what 3 and D wings really need to be able to do with the ball is use that closeout pump fake drive space, that area right there. It looks like he's getting better at that kind of stuff. That's big for him future. I don't know if Sterling Brown is a buck next year or not. He's going to be a restricted free agent. There's a lot going on with the Bucks clearly this summer and every team. I would like to see him around on a, a reasonable contract. I do think there's a real NBA player there. Um, but I, I think wherever he is, regardless, I'm glad that he is developing more of those useful 3 and D skills. No, for sure. It's ni- it's Like you said, it's nice to see the progression. Uh, he's still a young player. Uh, younger than Frank Mason. Is he really? He is 25. Frank is 26. Fun fact. Huh. Okay, the more you know. Um, yeah, dang, that's wild. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wait, so Frank Mason's older than Giannis? Yes. That's also wild. <laughs> that is pretty nuts. Uh, okay. Uh, now that age has, you know, sort of stupefied me. Um, <laughs> uh, is there, I think we well, we have been going for a while. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, We're back, We are baby. back. The NBA season, the Bucks are back. So that means we're back. Is there is there any other things you wanted to talk about from the scrimmage? I think we got I think we got all the all the big stuff and we'll be back soon enough to to cover anything we didn't, that's for sure. Yeah, so we have the next scrimmage is Saturday against the Sacramento Kings. It's just going to be an absolute bloodbath, man. They are running out of players over there. Yeah, who knows if we're going to see Giannis and Chris play a lot. Um that's you know, that's still to be seen. Uh, the third team the, that they play, it's another West team. I should probably know this. Uh, uh, was it the Grizz? No, they end with the Grizz in the the, scrim- the, in the, the real games. Uh, That's what we Google. Yeah. I'm pulling. Uh, uh, the Pelicans. Oh, it is the Pe- Okay, cool. I was right. Monday night. Oh, maybe we should try to record after that. Oh yeah, sure. What what day is that? After we'll see. Mon- Monday night at seven. Okay, and then maybe yes, and then uh, that's obviously the last scrimmage game, and then the big boy game, Friday, July thirty first at five central, five thirty central on ESPN. That's oh, a man. weird time. Yeah, Ugh. well, not that bad. Yeah, it's not bad. It's better early than late, I guess, in terms of like uh, sleeping because I'm old. I'm not, but no. <laughs> same. Uh, yeah, five thirty against the Boston Celtics. The first actual regular season game that counts for some things, but not all, because um, it's a seeding game, not a regular season game. But it counts for regular season statistics, but it doesn't count for regular season awards. Um, and but you can't even call it a regular season game; it has to be a seeding game. Uh, whatever it is, that is next Friday. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're definitely going to be recording after either the scrimmage or after the first regular season, or both, who knows. Um, no promises either way. Um, but I guess I don't have really anything to say from this scrimmage, uh, so I guess we can wrap it up, uh, Ty, and I will say to the listeners, thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep. This fun-filled basketball is back. Bucks are back. Episode Woo! of the Eurostep. I know, big hype for everyone. I know I'm happy. I know Ty's happy. I know, I hope everyone out there is happy. It was fun to live tweet Bucks games again. It was fun to tweet my LeVar meme again. It was... <laughs> yes, a staple. Yes, that's how, that's how you know things are back. Everyone's feeling nostalgic, high-fiving each other and everything virtually because, you know, social distancing. Um, but, yes, thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, if you liked it, please uh, do leave a rating and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you're checking out all of the great content being put out across the Blue Wire network. Uh, stay safe out there, everyone, and we will talk to you next time.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.